0: what's up y'all welcome back into the lacrosse bucket podcast tanner demoing here with y'all as always hope y'all are enjoying your labor day monday we're back here with an episode and a lot a lot a lot to talk about new program coming into the fold in 2025 that was announced uh, last Monday. We have got the twenty twenty four recruiting cycle is off and running, and also some big news on the twenty twenty three recruiting trail. We'll also uh, talk, do a little uh, look at uh, a couple teams. We'll fall snapshot of a couple ACC teams. Here on today's episode, uh, we'll have some more of that on uh, Tuesday, excuse me, of uh, Thursday of this week as well. Iona, the Iona Gales are adding men's lacrosse beginning with the 2024 2025 season. New Rochelle, New York, Rick Bettino is the head basketball coach at the moment. They are members of the MAC conference. Currently, have a Division One women's program. News became official Monday uh, afternoon slash evening. They will become the seventy sixth Division One program on the men's side. Uh, the first time a new program has been announced since Utah and Saint Bonaventure began play. In 2019, um, you know, we do have four programs that have also moved up uh, from Division II to Division I since then, LIU and Merrimack, both doing so uh, in, in 2020, and then uh, Lindenwood and Queens uh, will, uh, you know, are, are currently in the process of making that jump. will have their first Division I seasons this spring in 2020. 23 now the 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 way the mac is currently set up this will mean the mac uh will have 11 teams remember the league added liu sacred heart and wagner uh this summer and they lost st bonaventure to the newly formed atlantic 10 conference which is the home conference of the Bonnies. um First and foremost, like like my, my thoughts on this. First of all, it's fantastic. We always love to see more programs added, especially at uh, the Division One men's level. There's not enough of it. Uh, there's a number of reasons as to why that I will not get into exactly uh, today, uh, but we have seen a growth a slower growth at the d1 men's level but growth nonetheless and it's always exciting when you see a new program now talking to some folks this week after this was announced you kind of look at the school the private school I believe the the catholic school um if not a, a christian school um and they're in New York, not too far from Long Island. I think it's between, if I, if I, I don't have a map in front of me, but if I can kind of visualize it, um, somewhere in between, like, not up near of or West Point, but kind of lower there uh, on the outskirts um, of, of New York City, uh, there. So, you know above Long Island, I believe, is where uh, Iona sits, if I'm visualizing it correct. So, the, the first off, the, the location makes sense. The institution is similar to what we've seen from other programs who have added men's lacrosse in the past, you know, uh, albeit a St. Bonaventure type uh, uh, of school uh, there. Which very similar in, uh, you know, size type of school. Uh, they they don't have football. They have a Division One women's program already. Um, so a lot of the trends that we've seen with programs that have added men's lacrosse in the recent past, um, and when I say recent past, I mean 2010 to now. Uh, it it very much fit. Very much fits into that into that category fits into many of those trends. Now, Iona specifically um, in men's lacrosse, I, you know, I've been asked like the location is great. The school is good. It it seems like a great fit all around to have lacrosse. And, And I would agree with that sentiment, I think it is what is the expectation that like you should have for this program coming in, I think it's similar to any new program, when you get down to it, um, in terms of what expectations should be, is it's going to be a build, like, there's nothing there, you have to build it. I, I will say though, when you look at the Mac, the Mac is the most Upwardly mobile conference in college lacrosse for a myriad of reasons. Um, St. Bonaventure, for example, right? They were a contender in the postseason, a contender for the MAC title this past season. Monmouth, their fourth season, won the MAC, went to the NCAA tournament. Detroit Mercy. Had a very successful uh, fourth season in uh, the MAC as well. Th- this is a league that is very upwardly mobile. This is a league that uh, you know Randy Mullins calls it the Wacky MAC, and that is very much true. There is a lot of craziness that happens in that conference every single season. It's a very competitive conference uh, from top to bottom. Uh, they might not might might not have the best teams every season might not be the best big major conference every season uh and, and usually they are not but still a very fun conference and a very competitive conference and again you can know the NCAA tournament uh and that is a great thing that programs at that level can sell with the auto bids um so Iona you've got the location the school seems like a, a great fit in, in due to the location um, and the type of institution it is for men's lacrosse. And it meets a lot of the trends that we've seen in schools who have added men's lacrosse in recent history, being it from 2010 uh, on to now. And then lastly, I think the league they're going into uh, the home conference. Uh, it, it's one that already has lacrosse as an established sport. They've got a lot of established programs, but it's a conference where it's very upwardly mobile. And this is a program that could see that same trajectory that we've seen with programs like St. Bonaventure and Monmouth in that very conference uh, just in the recent past. So, uh, Iona, welcome to Division One Men's Lacrosse. I will be very intrigued to see who they hire uh, as the inaugural head coach and what that inaugural staff looks like. I think it's a place they can have success and uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm very, very intrigued by this, very excited by this announcement. Now, as you all know, it is September and September 1st was the start of the contact period for the class of 2024. Um, It's been very, very slow uh, right now in terms of uh, the amount of commitments that we've had out of the 2024 class. And there's only been two, only been two. Henry Weller, uh, LSN out of St. John's in D.C. uh, voebling to Michigan on uh, Sunday. And then you had, <clears throat> Ryan Dunkel, attackman, also out of St. John's in D.C., committing to Virginia, on Sunday as well. Uh, Dunkel re- ranked as the number one player in the class for uh, p- inside lacrosse class in the twenty twenty four class. A huge, huge splash for the Cavaliers to get. Uh, it's 2024 class started off uh, coming off a you know phenomenal season, had a great freshman season for uh, the cadets and then followed it up with an 80 point sophomore campaign, 51 goals, 29 assists, um, helped the cadets to a 19-0 season, really was uh, the quarterback, if you will, of this offense, ran this offense uh, very, very well, playing on a, you know, one of the best teams in the country, I believe they ended the season uh, ranked number one in the inside of a cross high school poll. Uh, high school poll. Um, at least it was a top three team there. Uh, a fantastic team. And if you watched Dunkle, you saw him do uh, really a little bit of everything. He, he's a very well-rounded attackman. He's a, a goal scorer, uh, but also uh, you, you know, is a guy that uh, can feed as well and, and really just a, a danger In many facets of the game and uh, not just specifically from behind the cage at X or on the wings, uh, those natural uh, attackman positions, you know, when you watch him play and I've seen him play multiple times uh, on film, he's a guy that really is an attackman. Could fit in in a lot of places, Uh, like I said, very well rounded play. Uh, And especially a talented goal scorer uh, who you know really knows how to put the ball back in the cage from nearly anywhere on the field, uh, can initiate, is, is just a very, very good playmaker in general. And uh, why he's ranked as the number one player in the class by uh, the folks at inside lacrosse and, you know, why he's heading to the University of Virginia where his father played football, uh, Doug, his father played football for the Cavaliers. His brother, Justin, is a kicker uh, on the Cavaliers football roster currently. So a lot of ties to uh, the flagship school uh, of his home state, Great Falls uh, VA. Uh, a lot of ties to the flagship state of the Commonwealth. And uh, he is heading there himself. Uh, really you know, not, a, not a surprise at all to see Dunkel head to Virginia. Uh, but he is uh, the first, I guess you would say, major domino to fall in that 2024 cycle. I mean, we'll head back to Virginia in just a second. I want to talk about Henry Weller, who committed to uh, Michigan on Sunday, was the first player uh, since the September 1st period to commit uh, in the 2024 class, verbaling to the Wolverines. Another situation where it wasn't very surprising. His older brother, uh, Jackie, is a face-off commit uh, to the Wolverines in the 2023 class. So he'll be following his brother to Ann Arbor. Um, you know, he played on that great uh, cadet defense. Uh, you know, again, another St. John's guy. Him and Dunkle teammates there, uh, also uh, club teammates as well. Uh, you know, helped this squad go 19-0. The St. John's uh, college cadets did won the whack, uh WCAC and you know well played on a defense alongside uh Raleigh Figulius, the uh now Syracuse freshman, Richard Checo, the now Lehigh freshman, and then uh anchoring that defense was Caleb Fioc, the uh twenty twenty-three Ohio State commit um you know one of the best goalies in the twenty twenty-three class so Uh, This is a a big get here for Michigan, Uh, the Wolverines starting off their 2024 class uh, pretty hot. Uh, Again, not a surprising commitment uh, by any stretch of the means, uh, but a notable one at that. And uh, from here, from this weekend, the dominoes in the 2024 cycle should just continue to fall. Uh, Now, when you look at the 2023 cycle, the dominoes are continuing uh, to fall in many respects. Uh, And we head back to Charlottesville, Virginia, where Wallace Tiffany and the Virginia Cavaliers continued its hot recruiting weekend here on this Labor Day Monday. Uh, McDonough, Maryland, attackman McCabe Millen, the son of Mark Millen, announced He has switched his commitment from the Duke Blue Devils to the Cavaliers. He is rated, uh, ranked as the number one player in the 2023 cycle by inside lacrosse, coming off a junior season where he put up 50 goals, 28 assists. Um, Another fantastic attackman heading to Charlottesville. He is the... Third player overall to flip into the Cavaliers' uh, 2023 class, uh, joining Chase Band, uh, a really talented off-ball finisher uh, for Boas in Maryland, who he flipped uh, from Ohio State to Virginia on Sunday. Uh, So another, you know, really three big commitments this weekend for the Cavaliers. Uh, you also had uh, Kean McCarthy, the midfielder out of Rye in New York, uh, who flipped from Penn State uh, back in, believe it was like middle of July uh, when, when that flip went down. It was this summer as well. So uh, a, a big weekend for the Cavaliers in terms of not only getting the number one player uh, in the 2024 class, but also the number one player in the 2023 class. Virginia uh, has a very, very strong weekend. And, you know, really, uh, try to think back, you know, you obviously you had that weekend of of Duke in 20 uh, with the 2021 cycle. I, you know, I, I don't know if I, I can remember a weekend like this uh, that a program has had since that Duke weekend there in 2021 where they got Andrew McAdoo uh, among multiple others in that class, uh, top top 10 players in that class. So a uh, phenomenal weekend run here for Lars Tiffany and the Virginia Cavaliers. Speaking of the Cavaliers, they were a team that I uh, previewed in my fall snapshot preview Uh, earlier this week, and and we'll talk about the Cavaliers here as well as the North Carolina Tar Heels, the ACC foes on today's episode. Uh, We'll talk about Delaware, Richmond, and Yale on uh, Thursday's show. Uh, We'll have uh, another episode this week sometime, uh, probably on Friday or Saturday. Uh, looking at Boston U, Brown, and uh, Richmond as well. Uh, but looking at the Cavaliers here and what they currently have on this roster, obviously coming off a season last year, in which, frankly, w- when you look at it, they honestly were the second-best team in, in many respects in the country. They, really, the only two teams, they were 12-4, and four, and you lose to Maryland twice you lose to uh duke who you haven't beaten in the regular season since 2004 and then you had the upset loss against richmond uh where uh you obviously you know had the injury to pedi lasala now you know uh, according you know my kind of thought is you know you, you win the ones you, you win you lose the ones you lose I, i've not really won for moral victories um Wolf for saying, "Well, you know that was because of this. Look, Richmond took opportunity where uh, th- they were given, and they, they beat they beat the Cavaliers, and, and they were the first team since Washington League in 1977, uh, first in-state team to beat the Cavaliers. So, uh, a, a really, a fantastic win for the Spiders there. Uh, but those three teams—Richmond, Duke, and, and maryland who one of the best teams of all time. Uh, the only three teams that beat." The we used last season. Um, and when you look at what's coming back on this roster, Connor Schellenberger, Peyton Cormier at attack, at, Xander Dixon at, at midfield, PD Lasala, Cole Kastner, uh, Kate Sostad, Matthew Nunes uh, at defense, and then Cage Lasala at the faceoff dot. And you get in Griffin College, uh, the uh, freshman defenseman, uh, defensive transfer from Richmond, as well as Thomas McConvey, the midfield grad transfer from vermont who i think is going to uh be a humongous addition to this midfield you really got to look at this program and say you know what are they missing um because when i look at at, at this at at this team I, i really only see two areas where really they need to improve or need to replace pieces uh matt moore on attack you obviously need to replace him there. He was kind of that second quarterback attackman uh, for the Cavaliers last season, and this is an offense that uh, averaged 15.5 uh, goals per game last season, the third-ranked scoring offense in the country. mentioned they get back Schaumburger, they get back Cormier, uh, they also get back Xander Dixon and uh, Griffin Schutz, the uh, standout freshman who, uh, you know, we'll see uh, where they put Schutz there. Schutz, was at the midfield most of last season. Uh, would possibly see him move to the attack spot with the uh, you know incoming transfer of Thomas McConvy. Uh, you did have uh, Dixon and Shuts each uh, started and, and saw time at the attack spot last season uh, multiple times there. Uh, so, so those two guys, I think, for me at least, I'm um, looking to take a step forward. Will They are needed, really, a pair of guys in this entire Virginia offense, really, when you look at it, a bunch of guys that can do a lot of good things well, can play a lot of different positions. uh, But who replaces Matt Moore, uh, you know, with him, you lose 26 goals, 26 assists uh, in 13 games from last season. Impactful, versatile, you know, exiting the program. That's a definite hole for the Cavaliers to fill. Offensively, but you know, with McConvey coming in and with the guys they already have on this roster, they get in a really good freshman class as always as well. So there's plenty of talent that's going to be there to be able to plug that hole. Uh, you can't replace Matt Moore, uh, you know, certainly, but you can plug that hole and you can get a guy in there. Uh, you can build an offense that is just as effective as they were last season as they have been. In recent years, and, and I don't think there's any, any reason to question Virginia's offense not being effective this season. Uh, defensively, though, it, it is where really they need some work, and, and they really do. Six foot seven, 200 pound Cole Kastner is, is really the highlight of this defense. Um, called him a pterodactyl on ESPN multiple times. 2.0 cause turnovers per game. The ninth of any defenseman in Division One, uh, he headlined this close defensive unit along with Cade Sostad and Quentin Matusi. Uh, those were the three full-time starters at close last season. I expect them to take another step forward here. Um, the short stick defensive midfield spot, you get Grayson Soliday back. Um, he was a strong asset once again there. I thought the D mid unit in terms of its depth can certainly use some work. We'll see how that looks in 2023. Uh, And then Matthew Nunes, who was uh, the goalie there, took over for a four-year starter in Alex Road. And Nunes had a solid freshman season, 159 saves, a 49.8% save percentage. Um, Look, though, so, I mean, the the talent is there on this defense, certainly. Um, But the inconsistency on that end is uh really really was the uh the the black eye of this team if you will last season uh 17-13 lost to richmond 17-8 lost to duke was the two worst defensive performances and look this is a virginia virginia offense excuse me a virginia defense that held the, the, the North Carolina Tar Heels to a combined two second-half goals uh, in their two games against the Tar Heels. They held Notre Dame to one goal in each of the first two quarters uh, in, in that game and were the only uh, team other than Maryland to hold the Irish to, uh, a, a, to single digits all season. Uh, Virginia also held Johns Hopkins. I know it wasn't the best Johns Hopkins team, but they held Johns Hopkins to one goal in the first half, which I think, especially in today's game, whoever the heck you're playing, uh, that, th- that is, simply put, a impressive feat. Uh, really good defensive performances. Uh, but then also, as I mentioned, 17-13 against Richmond, 17-8 against Duke. They ended the season allowing 15 goals per game. Uh, e- even if you remove the two Maryland losses, they still allowed 14.7 goals per game. Uh, they had some guys banged up. And you had a freshman goalie still trying to find his bearings. There, the uh, D mid unit I thought was not was not as deep as it has been in the past, uh, and that's certainly true at the at, at the defensive midfield spot and the LSM spot. Um, this is a unit that you know has to find a way to be more consistent and get deeper here in twenty twenty three, and so really Matt Moore who replaces him. Can this defense be more consistent? I think that the only two big major questions that you have coming into the season about this Virginia team, they return a lot of what made them good last season. A lot of the players that made them great last season. Um, they just couldn't get over that Maryland hump. Couldn't be Duke once again. They, they had some had some flubs uh, flub ups and, and some things didn't bounce their way. Uh, but this still was a very, very good team and you know, heading into the season, they're going to be a top three, top five team in the country. Now, moving to the North Carolina Tall Heels, this is a program that um, struggled last season. You had Chris Gray, and um, he did what he needed to do. He put this team on his back. He was this entire offense for, uh, you know, at, at times last season, certainly. At, you know, you had Gray, he's gone. Uh, Nicky Solomon, he's gone. Cole Herbert, Jacob Kelly, Sean Morris are gone. Uh, this is a, a program that well, was very talented and, you know, couldn't get it done. Eight and six, one and five in the ACC. Um, they were a young, younger team in, in many respects last season. It, 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 you know, they were, when you look at the, the preseason rankings, one of the most underperforming teams in 2022. Uh, were a top 10 team coming into the season, a year removed from a championship weekend appearance. Um, you know, I think the loss of Will Bowen, as well as the loss of their entire starting midfield, was a bigger hit than... Even I suspected it would be. I, I thought it was going to be huge, but I thought they were going to be able to overcome it and, and still be a talented team. And they were a talented team. There's a lot of talent on that roster, but just did not come through the way it, it should have. Um, now they still have a winning season, but one and five in the ACC. You missed the NCAA tournament. That is not eight and six. I mean, that is not. Uh, that is not what. That's not the goal in in Chapel Hill, um. So you know, heading into twenty three, um, the, the really the, the biggest thing around this team is 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 can they get back on track? Um, they return a lot of talent. Lance Tillman Henry Schultzinger were two of the top midfielders. They're back. Matt Wright uh, at LSM. Alex Bresci at defensive midfield. Connor Mall at defensive midfield. I really like uh, the rope unit that this team has uh, there, and we'll talk about another a transfer edition there here in a second. <clears throat> Paul Bolton, I thought, showed a ton of success, a ton of growth on the back end um, on defense last season. Conley had a bit of a inconsistent season in cage, but I, I thought he played good. Um, you know, for the circumstances and this is a defense that in front of him was constantly changing. Had multiple lineup changes due to injuries, uh guys moving in and out all season long. Uh and then at the faceoff dot Zach Tucci and Andrew Tyler uh were really good in twenty twenty one. Uh there was some injuries, some bumps and bruises in twenty twenty two. They did not perform up to what has been expected of them. Uh but that's still a lot of talent uh, coming back when you look at some of the key returners. Uh, and then you do get in the transfer additions of Logan McGovern out of Bryant. Sean Goldsmith out of Mosa, the two attackmen there. Uh, Harry Welford and Griffin Gallagher out of Bucknell and uh, Gettysburg, the Division Three program. And then you get Andrew Gepper, uh, the defenseman out of Brown, and JT Roselli out of uh, Maris the mac LSM of the Year. Uh, again, I, I would talk about that rope unit. JT Roselli, a huge addition to that rope unit uh, here in 2023. I think that, really for me, coming in the season, is probably the strength of this uh, Carolina defense. Uh, I do like what they have there and Paul Barton. A a young, talented player, Uh, but ranked 52nd in Division One in scoring defense, uh, allowing 12.86 goals per game. Um, And you know, last season, twice allowed 18 plus goals against Ohio State and against Duke. Uh, Defense was the greatest weakness of this team last season, and uh, where the greatest amount of improvement is needed. so I think clearly the defensive improvement is where I'm looking to first and foremost. Like be beyond anything, I'm looking at this defensive improvement, and not just uh, at the close unit. But I mentioned the rope unit; I'm a pretty big fan of. But they still got to get better. Tyler Schwartz, uh was uh, the, the, the secondary LSM there for them as a freshman, uh, and he showed a lot of promise as well. um, And I mentioned that it was was a productive group. Matt Wright, Tyler Schwartz uh, at LSN, Alex Bresci, Connor Moore uh, there at the defensive midfield spot. A productive group uh, that highlighted an otherwise otherwise bad and injury impacted, injury riddled, whatever you want to use uh, defense. And I think the same can be said in in, in some respects of Colin Creed. uh, 182 saves. 50.3 save percentage, Uh, you know, he did what he needed to do. He impressed as a freshman, Um, you know, last season, I think it was difficult to get a read on, did he improve? Did he remain steady? Did he decrease his production? Uh, You know, I've heard all all three from people. So, uh, you know, this is a defense that can clearly get better. They have some good pieces there, as I mentioned. And Cage, the rope unit, Paul Barton, twenty-two ground balls, seven cost turnovers, uh, was really a fantastic playmaker there on the back end for them uh, defensively. You have Blake Gable, Sean Morris, Maxwell Cooney, Colin Loghead, uh, were all pieces in that uh, in that rotation there. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who. Uh, gets to start the starter coach. Sean Morris is the only one out of that group not returning as he's exhausted his eligibility. Um, and then when you look at Geppert and Roselli coming in, how they're going to fit into this unit and, and what, this, what this Carolina defense is going to look like and, and, and whether they can improve or not. Because, look, they were not good coming into 2020. They improved in 2020, that shortened season there, with Will Bowen. They were good in 2021 with Will Bowen. They were not good this year without Will Bowen. And I know injuries had played a part in that. They were very inconsistent in the lineup. And uh, that certainly plays a part in it. Um, But for me, the key piece there is Will Bowen. You had him. You were good. You didn't. And you weren't that good. can, can they be successful this season with this group? Um, and then also, Gepper and Roselli, what's the impact going to be there uh, with those two guys? Um, so defense, first and foremost, is where this team needs to improve, improve where I have most of my attention uh, heading into the season for Carolina. Another area of intrigue, uh, much due to the transfer market, is at the attack spot. Uh, 12 finalist and NCAA all-time points leader, Chris Gray is gone. He takes 80 points with him. Nicky Solomon is gone, as we said, Jacob Kelly's also gone. This is an attack unit that combined for 152 points, 88 goals last season, accounted for 54% of the tall heels scoring output. Gray alone accounted for 29% of that output. this is going to be a huge task heading into last season they hadn't replaced their entire midfield heading into this season you've got to replace your entire attacking and look they're not doing it with guys already on the roster they're doing it many assume with these transfers and it should be assumed with these transfers logan mcgovern comes in from bryant where he put up 54 points 19 goals 35 assists last season as the quarterback of that really strong blind attack unit. Sean Goldsmith uh, is a grad transfer from Moser, 35 goals, 16 assists, 51 points in 2022. I you know those two guys, you can see being very productive at Carolina. You also have to mention Dominic Petromala, uh, r- ranked as the number two player in the 2022 class per inside of lacrosse. He's coming in, the uh, obviously the son of Dave Petromala, his brother, uh, Nicholas, coming in as a defenseman to Carolina as well. So you've got a highly-touted freshman coming in here as well. We've seen freshmen come into Carolina and have success each of the past few seasons. Can that happen again with a guy like Dom? Uh, or is he maybe going to, uh you no know, not sit, but, you know, be a reserve or, or be a secondary kind of guy for a year and, and then in 2024? Uh, jump out and, and be one of their primary uh playmakers at attack we'll see how things go there in 2023 for the tall heels on attack um now i've gotten some questions since i put this article up on the midfield i you know i i i think like overall last season the midfield especially early on was not good um the the midfield wasn't I mean, as we see, 54% of their production came from the attack unit. It wasn't an an attack-focused offense, and that was no surprise to anyone last season um, at all. I mean, I I came into the season saying, hey, this is an attack unit that could be the best in the ACC, could be the best in the country if they reached their ceiling. Chris Gray reached the ceiling. I I don't think the rest of that unit necessarily did. Um, But, you know, midfield-wise, you know, there's gonna be progress. There should be progress. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I, I, I think losing an entire attack unit uh warrants much more worry and much more questioning uh and, and being able to having to replace it at right, Chris Gray, I, I think is much much more of a uh question than how is this midfield going to improve? Um how are you know why have would tell him and Henry Schoetinger like and, and the guys around him how are they going to improve? Um, so, you know, are they going to take a step forward? Um, so certainly you, you want to see that happen. Uh, but I, I think offensively, the, the focal point of this offense has been attacked for uh, the past couple of seasons, and they lose the entire, entire attack unit. They lose, like I said, 180-something points. Um, that's 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 tough, and, and that that's going to be an important Important uh, piece to, to, to keep in mind heading into twenty twenty-three for the tall heels. Now, I mentioned the face-off situation just a little bit. I want to go deeper into that here for a second. Uh, you know, and then we'll get out of here. Um as a team, the tall heels went fifty-three percent as the dot at the dot overall. Uh Tucci and Tyre uh there to uh as the top two guys again. Uh, Tucci went fifty six point eight percent, and uh, Tyler went fifty one point nine um, percent individually. So um, no, and, and that was ranked twenty second and thirty second in face off one percentage. That was in twenty twenty one. This past season, Carolina went fifty one point five percent as a team at the dot. Well, Tucci went. 54.3% and Tyo went 51.3%. Uh Tucci again the uh primary uh guy there, but the two really sharing duties. Uh both, as I mentioned earlier on, fills in the um fills in the um face-off unit and needs to improve. Right, um, those two guys, it, you know, it you you had the injuries there. Um, they the, they both occupied that positions last season, both had injuries, um, and especially that Virginia game. Chase Mullins, who was the you know heralded freshman, saw limited action, left the program. Um, you know, Tyler and Schwartz are both back in 2023. 20, um, and look, w- w- when you look at the struggles they had last season, I, I think it's also notable to, to, to mention they went 44% against ACC play. Failed to go over 50% or 50% all over against any ACC team. So while, well, yes, you've got guys returning there and you've got guys who've been consistent and been good, um, It it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out at the dot. Um, you have a pair of freshmen in here that I think can help things out, Colin Hannigan out of Springfield and PA. He was a late uh, flip. He was a, a, a previously a St. John's verbal. And then, uh, uh, decommitted was uh, released from his NIL from Saint John's after Jason Miller's um, after Jason Miller's resi- resignation there, and um, heads to Carolina now. Had a really strong senior season, and then you also have George Kalos out of Hugh in North Carolina who has been a uh, you know pretty good faceoff man pretty consistent faceoff man one of the best guys in the south one of the best players in the state of North Carolina um, also coming in so th- that is going to be the, the the faceoff success is you know is a question and I think certainly a question. When it as it pertains to uh, ACC play, and can they get it done against those ACC teams? Can you get it done against the PD La Sala, uh, there, uh, against uh, Naso at Duke and, and the likes? So, that with, with Carolina, you know, uh, against some of those you know non conference opponents uh, th- that they will face earlier on, I, you know, I think you should be pretty good, but. Um, ACC play wise, I especially have my questions of can the faceoff situation, and as I said in the article, swing back up, and that's especially true there at uh, you know a- against ACC play. All right, folks, that is all for the World uh, class bucket podcast today. Uh, once again, I hope everyone had a uh, happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, we'll be back. On uh, Thursday, especially, uh, but we'll also be back maybe a couple other times this week. We'll see what happens on the recruiting trail. Uh, We'll see what happens in the world of college lacrosse. As always, have a great week. You can connect with us on social media at lacrossebucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.